We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. We're on a wee bit of a theme. John's been speaking about sacrifice. When he was talking last week, um, I, I kind of thought, actually, I'll just, I thought it might be good sometimes to tell a story, and then the opportunity came this week because there was a gap. So I'm going to tell you a story. It's not going to take very long. But um, it's basically the kind of, I guess it's the journey God's had me on for the last year particularly. And last week, John was talking about sacrifice that, am I too? Sorry. Last week, that if we focus on the cost, like, oh, grief, I've got to sacrifice this, it's pretty miserable. But when we recognize the purpose of the sacrifice, then it's incredibly releasing, it's exciting, there's a, a joy that comes with it. Not only because it, well, because it benefits others, but it also benefits us. It does something, it changes something. So when God's asking us to sacrifice something, always remember the purpose not the cost. Otherwise, we just get a wee bit lost in the cost and lose everything, really. So today I'm going to tell you about my joy of sacrifice around the area of trust. Now, for all my, well, pretty much all my adult life, my common theme with God has been trusting him. And to be honest, my my background, my experience of life does enable me to be quite a trusting person because I've I've always had people in my life that I could trust. And so I start from a pretty solid base, and I know many people don't, and there's a bigger struggle. But even though I start from a very solid base, I've really, really struggled to trust God. Mainly, to be honest, because actually I know better. I keep reminding God this, but he seems to have a different view. I tend to know better for myself, tend to know better for other people. And whilst I think God's saying these different things, sometimes I'm not sure he's getting the full picture. And so it's a struggle for me. I do trust you, God, but really, you're not doing this, this, and this. So that's always been our kind of dialogue. And there have been times in my life where I've really, really known, particularly in very difficult times, I've really known what it means to trust God. And they've been incredible times. But then I've got back to normal life again, and then I'm back because I'm in control. A wee bit of help, God, thanks, but we need to do it with me as well. So I'm going to talk to you and hold that a minute, hold that thought. Then I'm reading Acts 10. Cornelius the centurion. Do you know what a centurion is? I just discovered this just when I was reading this. What is a centurion? The what? Yes! I didn't know that. It makes complete sense now. A soldier who commands 100 men. That's why it's a centurion, 100. That's cool, isn't it? Anyway, that was just an aside. Anyway, Cornelius is a God-fearing soldier commanding of 100 people. And God comes to him through an angel and says to him, you need to go and get this man, Peter, who's in Joppa. Send some men to go and get him because he's got something he needs to tell you. Incredible. He just does it. At the same time, Peter is upstairs in his little veranda waiting for his dinner goes into this kind of daydream and God shows him a picture of, or brings all these, oh, it doesn't matter, read the story for the real story, but anyway, basically talks to him about the forbidden fruit, as a, the forbidden food that a Jew cannot eat. God is saying, basically, it's time to eat it. You can eat, all this is acceptable to you. And Peter's like, seriously, this is crazy. This is my whole life. 
I haven't been able to do something, and now you're saying it's okay. He's just trying to work out what that means. Some men knock on the door. And while Peter's just thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now, doubting nothing, to me, is a really, really huge deal. And when I'm reading it, I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. How can you possibly doubt nothing? You can't doubt nothing. That's just crazy. I mean, I don't doubt everything, but I doubt a lot. And have I ever been so clear on something that I could doubt nothing? And I really started to think about that and what that meant. Peter has just gone through this kind of thing that God's speaking to him about, which will change the makeup of his whole basis in terms of how he operates in his faith around this food thing. And then he says to him, these folk have just come. Could you just go with them now to quite a far away place? And God tells them to go doubting nothing. And as you read through the story, the thing I realized as I was reading that is, I'm, I don't doubt, to be honest, Peter was kind of thinking, what, going where, how are we going to get there, how long is it going to take, what are we going to eat on the way, blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's about doubting nothing, it's not having questions and kind of, kind of wondering about things. But what I realized as you read on the story and you lead the life of Peter, he didn't doubt because he didn't doubt God. So actually doubting nothing to him was about, I know, I have known Jesus. I know the Father. I know the Holy Spirit. And so I don't need to worry. So doubting nothing is actually I don't doubt him. The stuff, I honestly believe, is slightly separate. But doubting nothing because I have sent them. If God says I've sent them, then I can trust him is what Peter was coming from the place of. I can trust what he's got next. And, that's, and if you read the story, you can see like Peter's walking into this Gentile house. He's thinking, what the heck? I've never done this before. It was a big deal. But actually, because he knew God, he could trust him for this new situation. This is something I drew earlier. <laughs> Just have a little look at it. I'll read it to you. Is it, can we turn the lights down a minute? It might help. More? It says, at the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathed fresh courage unto me. And it's Psalm 138. At the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathed fresh courage into me. A couple of months ago, while I was in worship, I was just kind of holding some things before God and just kind of worshiping him, and I realized something had changed Something quite fundamental had changed. I realized that I had moved from a position of trusting God for things and for stuff 
like all legitimate stuff, to actually trust in him. I found that I, just as I was kind of hold, just as I was worshiping God, I suddenly realized, do you know what? When did this change? And I realized that my basic default for life, probably for like considerable years, like adult years, my default position, when everything had kind of gone back to thing, I kind of my default was disappointment. Not in a really desperate, depressing way, but in a kind of, yeah, hasn't quite worked out the way I thought it would, but it's okay, it's fine. So it was a kind of basis of disappointment without deep depression. But I realized, as I was kind of worshiping, my default position had become gratitude. And I'm thinking, when did that change? I just found that actually, you know, when, I, when you know, all kind of fell back, I just was really thankful for who God had made me and what he'd done in my life and what he'd given me. And I was thinking, why did that change? And I went home, and I was just kind of musing on it, and I wrote this, and I'll just read it to you, because I think it's helpful. Well, it's helpful to me. That place is real. There is a place I was told of for so long where you can know joy and peace and grace that brings fullness, but what did they know? I tried and I sought, but the only times when I touched it were difficult and painful. I tasted his goodness in the middle of the storm, but then back to the longing of what I don't have. So what did they know, those who spoke of this place? Then one day, God gave me a choice. To live in what would seem to satisfy or be satisfied by him. To pursue what I wanted or what he wanted for me. To know him in part or to know him in full. Was there really a choice? Well, God told me there was. He promised acceptance and love, even in that choice. I had touched that place, tasted joy, peace, and grace. Was it possible to live there? I sat in my car, wrestling as I chose. What if this wasn't enough? What if he wasn't enough? I lifted my finger and then my whole hand, uplifted and open, I said, I choose you and all that you have. Some months later, I realized I'd changed. I hadn't quite noticed. I don't think about the things I longed for. I think about the things I have. I find moments of joy from nowhere. I see the family God has given me, the children, even grandchildren. I see God's provision. I know his love. I find increased capacity to love, not just because I can, because I can, not because I should. I remember my pain, but I can't really feel it. That longing, that disappointment, it seems to have gone. I just made a choice, nothing more. I said not just some, but all of me, so I can receive all of you. He's done it, he's changed it, he's filled a huge hole, one I, never, I thought could never be filled. That place is real. I live there now. And I just want to finish here by saying we have an opportunity as God is speaking to us about sacrifice. 
And it's easy to think of sacrifice in specific issues. And that's true. God will ask for specific sacrifice and specific issues. But the thing he's longing us to sacrifice is the control of our lives. Because he says when, and it's not because he wants to control it. It's because he wants to fulfill all that he promised from before the beginning of time to live a life of abundance. And I honestly can say, I have heard all this stuff before, and I would hear it and think, I get it, but I can't get it. And something changed for me that day in the car when I kind of said, I know I've got a choice. And the interesting thing was God gave me a choice. He said to me, I'm not going to stop loving you if you choose to live in the halfness of what I have. And I don't know what that means, in terms of what that would have gone to. See, that's what I'm, going, I'm letting you choose that. But but I decided, why would I know God half? What's the point? I might as well know him full. And all I can say today is something fundamentally changed. My default place is gratitude. And that's not the way I'm wired. I'm not a half full person. So something changed. And I guess I'm just going to leave you, and Neil's going to come and talk as well, but... Is there something that God's asking you to give up? Are you willing to give up control to him, to trust him, not just for the stuff, but for a life of all that he's promised? Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities, and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk, or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.